My agent called, he said he got some interest in my strip. I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it. I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot. I even got a famous classic case of writer's block. Get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer, it's been a long time, Neil Thibodeau. How are you? Fantastic. It's been a few months at least, yeah. I know. I know. You know why? Because I had relatives visiting me, and I kept just saying, Pat, come here. Just do a free one for me. Pat, Pat, come on. The kids are taken care of and I kept sort of like throwing him in the room and we were doing these things impromptu so I'm so sorry but I've missed all of my regular producers and I'm glad to have you back well I'm happy to be here and you know we all understand the fact that uh, there's nobody busier in this uh, town than you are <laughs> it's, so. a little, it's a little crazy well what have you been up to Neil have you been uh, writing I was thinking about that today is like uh, it would be hard to sum it up uh, in, in a, a million different things but uh, let's talk about this morning. This morning, I was drawing storyboards for a buddy of mine who's a producer cool. uh, for a film that he has gotten to the finals for a producing competition. And it's a story about a uh, pair of Mexican uh, boys who have to leave their village to hunt a wolf. Uh, and one of them comes back, and it's not because the wolf kills him. <gasps> ooh, ooh, neat. So I didn't know that you draw as well? Everything. Man, <laughs> you're a renaissance yeah, man. Who yeah. knew? I can't stop. In fact, uh, visual art was how I came into film, was that I, I couldn't concentrate in class in school, mm-hmm. and so uh, I would draw cool. and then kind of try to peripherally... So, Visual arts was how I came into film. So now it's the fact that you see in pictures is great for being a screenwriter. Exactly. Really cool. Yeah. Who knew? Okay. I got a job for you. I'll tell you. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. We have a fantastic guest with us today. Her name is Holly Overton. Hello, Holly. Hello. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thanks for being here. You Okay. I have to say, Holly... Um, I had heard about you through a friend and, you know, and she has tons of respect for, for you. Um, and when you came through the door, knowing your experience and all that, I did not expect to see somebody who looked 16 years old. <laughs> well, um, you've just made my day. Oh my God. <laughs> and I will be the first call I make after this was to be to my husband to tell him you said that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm definitely not 16, but I will take it. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, uh, let me tell you about Holly a little bit. She landed her big break in 2008 when she was accepted into the coveted Warner Brothers Writers Workshop. She was staffed on the CBS drama Cold Case and went on to write for two seasons of Life Lifetime's The Client List. Currently, she is a writer on the new ABC family drama Shadow Hunters, which is based on Cassie Clare's international bestseller, The Mortal Instruments. And I need to add to that because clearly you weren't busy enough, you weren't <laughs> successful enough. So she also, in her spare time, wrote a novel. It is a thriller called Baby Doll. It will be published on July 12th. Wow, you actually have like a publishing date. Yes. <laughs> July 12th, 2016 by Red Hook, which is an imprint of Hatchet in the USA. It is also going to be published by Penguin Random House in the UK and translated into 11 other languages. 
And you're even adapting that into a screenplay. So, I mean, my goodness. <laughs> you know, just, you know, when you're spare time, you <laughs> feel like you need to write a novel. <laughs> so, I, you know, I want to start from really from the beginning because the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop has come up time and time again on this podcast. And everybody's probably like, how do I get to that pot of gold? <laughs> um, 2008, what, what spec was it that got you attention? And then what original pilot? So, um, in 2008, I uh, I had written my which I feel bad when I say this but I'd written my first TV spec and it was Friday Night Lights um, and I'm originally from a small town in Texas that mm-hmm. was obsessed with football so of course that was the show that I was going to do and I got in and fortunately for me um, that was the last year that you only needed a spec to get in so ah. I only needed my Friday Night Lights spec it must have been good though that's a really tough show to write for it, it, you know it was it was a tough show but I think I just knew that world I mean I just think if you know that world so well I actually just rewatched Friday Night Lights this, this month and I was like oh it's just you know it, it, it captures everything about my town that I loved and hated. Um, <laughs> you rewatched the show or the movie? The show, okay. the show. It's 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 such great storytelling and very very different kind of storytelling that I think is popular now because it's much smaller, much smaller stories. But I really just resonated with it. And yeah, and I I was acting not very successfully <laughs> in this town. I'd booked one role and um in you know three years, and I decided I'd started writing and had taken a class at UCLA Extension and learned to write a TV spec. And I thought, well, here, how do you know when you're done with a script? And I thought, oh, look, these deadlines for these fellowships, why not? I'll make sure my script is done by then. And I submitted it and had the interview. And actually, when they called to tell me that I'd gotten an interview, I thought it was House telling me I'd gotten, you know, and I'd gotten the part, which was not. (laughs) That's right, because you were, because... Because I was, I mean, like I said, unsuccessfully. Um, And so that was kind of the start of it. And, you know, getting in, I, I mean, I tell everyone to, even though specs nowadays, as I'm sure most of your listeners know, are not... They're not trending. They're not trending, and everybody wants to read original material, but I think more writers should still write specs, especially to do TV, to understand the structure and to understand how to, like, you know, sound like your showrunner or sound like the show. Um, I think it's a great way to learn, um, especially if before you jump into writing a pilot, which a lot of people do. Was, um, was your story out there or was it kind of in their universe? I mean, what, what, what do you it think was, was attractive about it? Like, um, what do you think they think, liked about well, it? Well, I think like when you're writing a spec, you have to think about like what's like a big event, even in a show that's much smaller. So, you know, growing up in Texas, like we had, and it was obviously before there was like a million school shootings, but we always had these fire drills and, you know, like, like the school would evacuate and we'd all wait. And so I thought like homecoming, and these, you know, the the team challenging them by, and then it calling into a bomb threat. And so taking something that's very simple, like a football game and making it and heightening it and making it something super intense. And it's also great because then it becomes kind of like, you know, this closed episode, you know, where they're all trapped in this, you know, on this, in this field as they try to figure out, is this real? Is it a, is it a hoax? Um, oh, and, and, you know, how, how topical is that now? I mean, I mean the <laughs> fact that, that you wrote, that years ago and that just this week LAUSD had a shutdown of all their schools because of a bomb threat. Right. You know, unfortunately, you know, it remains something that, that, you know, hits very close to home. So that was a, that was, you were 
sort of right there. You right. Know exactly and, what and, to write about. And the zeitgeist. And I think, you know, understanding the voices of the characters is really important. And like I always say to people, like, don't, I mean, you have to write within the trends of what the shows that are popular and current, but it still has to be something that you love because that's what's going to show through. Like, you're just like, oh, this is the show they always pick, but it's not a show you love. I don't think your spec is going to stand out as much. Yeah, I, you know, also what you said about, okay, specs aren't in vogue. I feel like, I mean, just in the course of this podcast, okay, it's, it's been running for eight years. In the course of this podcast, when we started out, it was, it was, no original pilots. Right. There's no way that somebody who is outside of the TV world is ever going to, you know, have an original pilot yeah. even looked at. So now, eight years later, it's like, only original pilots, please. That's it, right? So, right. Um, so don't you think... I kind of think it's going to start turning I around. I think it'll again. shift too. And you know, here's the thing: like when I, you know, and I, when I got out of the WB workshop, I didn't have an original pilot, and it was hard, right? Because all of these other writers knew that you needed original pilots who, you know, had been working in TV for a while and trying to break through. And so then I decided, I, you know, I was like. I had, luckily I had some short stories that ended up being good samples. Um, and then, you know, but then I had to learn to write a pilot and write a pilot. Um, but even after that, like after I was on cold case, I decided like, well, you know, I, I really want to write something that shows my comedic sensibilities. Um, and I wrote a half hour, um, spec of the big C, um, which helped me get my job on the client list. Cause they read that and something original. So I, I still think like if there's something you want to show, but maybe you're like, Oh, a pilot, but you know, a show really well, it's still not a bad idea. Cause you never know. I mean, an agent, I don't, I think agents or managers are never going to tell clients unless it's for the workshops, hey, write a spec. But if you if you feel like you know a show and you can write it quickly, which is what I did, then I don't think it's a bad idea. And do you think there's maybe something beneficial to, especially somebody who's a, a starting writer, uh, even if you're not going to get attention from a studio, to write something like that as sort of like, what can I do? And trying to like move forward as a writer, trying to understand what you could do. Yeah. And like learning, you know, like learning your voice and like who you are as a writer. And I think, I think it's a lot harder to do in an original pilot because, you know, if you're a new writer and you're like, I don't know, like I like comedy, but I also like drama. Writing an original pilot is really difficult, creating that world, creating those characters. But if you can do that, you can do, you can take a comedy spec and you can take a drama spec and then you can say, oh, well, you know what? Everybody who read this and even I know this is better and it's easier to write. This is just where my sensibilities are. I think it's a great way to do that. I really hope, Pilar, I really hope you're right and it does shift. Well, I, just just so you can do both. Like, yeah. like you said, almost so that you could have both for your portfolio. Absolutely. Because I, I would imagine it's also hard. Okay, you've hired somebody on their original pilot, but then they can't channel other people's voices yeah. or other people's structure. Well, you know, if they had an original, if they had a, if they had a spec of an existing show, you'd be able to see the talent for that as well. Absolutely, you wouldn't have to sort of teach them as they as they go. But I'm also, uh, I have a, a writer in one of my groups right now. She just taught herself how to write TV by writing a togetherness spec that was kick ass, and suddenly she has the confidence and a little of the know how to write that original pilot. Absolutely. So absolutely. I liked what you said. Um, so uh, you were uh, staffed on the CBS drama Cold Case um, and then went on to write for two seasons of The Client List. The Cold Case is much more procedural than The Client List, Much right? more procedural, yeah. Did you like writing procedurals? Uh, I did. I definitely think that I like the more character-based shows, like with a little bit of procedural, you know, 
Um, there's certain writers who are fantastic at just like understanding the plot, you know, the plotting of it and understanding. So it was definitely a great learning experience too, to like, you know, what's the clue patch? Like what's going to lead the cops from this place to that place? So it was great. And it was a a really big room. It was, you know, 14 writers and they, you know, they divide them into smaller rooms. It was a great learning experience and it was the last season. So it was very well run. Like it was, you know, like a military operation because they'd been doing it for seven seasons. So it was great just to learn how something like that runs and all the writers were really great and supportive and especially when it's your first job. Um, so it was really, it was a really good experience. Um, did you just say clue patch? <laughs> yes, I did say clue okay. patch. Okay. Do you, Neil? <laughs> no, Neil's looking at me like, I've never heard that no, before. No, clue patch. I hadn't okay. heard it till I worked on, uh, <laughs> what is the clue patch? Well, so like a clue patch, like what's going to lead us to like this suspect and then like, or like we're going to find the gun here and then the gun's going to lead us to the, to this person's house. And then it's that's not it. a red herring. It's a real clue. Like a clue. A yeah. real clue. A real clue. Yeah. But it's a place, right? Patch, like a patch no, of I mean, clues. Any of it. Well, the patch of clues, like the, the clue patch that leads you from one moment to the other. So, oh cool, man, yeah, all right. And did you, uh, uh, with with cold case, I assume that it was worked, you know, act break backwards. Did you kind of uh, all sort uh, of break? You know, actually, um, not really. I mean, the way that I mean, the way that that I mean, we all broke together. But yeah. I mean, they definitely started with like worlds and story like you know what I mean what world do you want to do you want to explore and the writers would bring their own stories of like oh this is really cool like I want to explore 1970s whatever or like my the episode that I wrote the story for was like graffiti in the 80s you know what I mean like um so you really got to like kind of so it made it personal for you because if you're writing the story they wanted you to feel connected to it so and then you would take that crime whatever crime you had decided was part of this world and the characters so it was really I think more so than like a lot of procedurals especially like you know if you think like a law and order and you know an NCIS or something like that it really was about the worlds and the characters and so that was a great part about it too. I love that so so if you start with the world and the characters say I want to explore this thing did they and you sort of what if in order to find a, a crime like yeah like so then in this world what if this happens absolutely or, absolutely how do you how do you like you know how is this like young kid who could have made it as a you know as a graffiti he could have been the next Banksy like end up you know murdered you know what I mean and like sort of the you know and then you find out obviously the the way that that unfolds so it was, it was really interesting it was a great it was a great learning experience as far as like you know um, procedurals and all of that. I don't think I would ever be like a strict procedural writer because I don't think my mind works as, you know, but I love elements of that. And I think it's also much easier to write shows that have procedural elements, you know, driving the story as opposed to shows that are just more serialized. Okay. With a writer's room that big, um, is it is it like a battle? Uh, I mean, because it, it, you have so many different different people in there, or is there somebody st- somebody steering the ship? Somebody's- yeah, I mean, you had the showrunners, you know, um, Jennifer Johnson and Greg Plagueman were the showrunners, and they would they would divide the rooms. And there were a lot of staff writers on that show. There's like four staff writers. I mean, they don't you don't have rooms that big these days. Like, I mean, that was sort of the you know now it's like if it's eight or nine people, it's a big room. Um, so they would always steer the ship. There was never battles. I mean, again, it was a very it was a very well run room, and everybody kind of knew the show and knew the tone and knew what they were doing. So it was all very, it was all very agreeable, you know. <laughs> I mean, you hear about some shows where people are screaming at each other and stuff, but that that show was definitely not like that. So then you went onto the client list, and currently you're a writer on the new ABC family drama Shadow Hunters. Um, this is based on the international bestseller The Mortal Instruments. And Neil, you were saying that you're a fan, right, of The Mortal Instruments? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's like it's one of those um, you know franchises, and for me, it's like it would just seem it would be. Um, uh, there would be uh, no second thoughts about let's just 
let's just okay the whole the whole series right. as opposed to let's see let's see how a show does it just seems like something that big like what kind of conversations are they talking about when you're when you're in the room that how can we make this thing as good as or as successful as the books i mean you know i think we you know you obviously when you're on a show are like thinking oh god what if we get to tell like six or seven seasons of this cuz there are six books and it's such a huge world and it's you know it's such great characters and storytelling so i mean you know but we just focused on, okay, we've got 12 episodes. How can we make these 12 episodes the best that we possibly can? And it's great to have like that source material because, you know, there's just so much, there's so much there. There's so many characters and they're so beloved. I mean, the fans are some of the best fans. Like they're so excited They're you know, cause it was a movie. Um, they did a feature film a few years ago and most, you know, most books don't then go on to live another life as a series. So for all the fans who are such fans of the books for them to get a chance to see a series and kind of get to know these characters better um it's been really fun and not to give it away is there i mean end, end of the season is there a big cliffhanger like uh let's let's give people motivate we we better see the next season there like, is a, yeah. there is a not to give anything away but there's a huge cliffhanger <laughs> and it's really exciting i mean i you know as you know as you just wait for the phone to ring and hope they say it's coming back and you you've got a job on a second season so that's kind of where we are right now the show premieres in january uh, january 12th um, on uh, ABC Family, which is now called Freeform. Um, ABC Family is called Freeform. It's called Freeform. They're rebranding. They're yeah. rebranding. So um, we, uh, yeah. So we're we're hopeful. I mean, there's a lot of interest, and we did a big behind the scenes special um, a few weeks ago that everybody was really excited about that showed footage. So it's been really exciting working on it. Do you? Um, how how faithful are you to the original source material? Do you guys have it in front of you, or do you? I mean, you we, just we've, you know, by? we've all read it. We all love the characters. I mean, I would say. I, I would say we're as faithful as you can be in television where, you know, especially the book is told from, you know, this character's internal thoughts and it's, you know, it's, it's her. And so, you know, we kind of, you can't always, obviously you have to show stuff on screen. And, um, I think, you know, we're, we're all, we always honor who the characters are and kind of, you know, it's fun to explore different things and sort of, you know, if you have a love story, that happens in a book you don't want to get everybody together right away even if it happens that way in a book you want to like you know stretch it out because you have you know hopefully a hundred episodes if we're lucky um so but we're, we're we try to stay as you know faithful as we can because the fans are so passionate but do you have the would you guys have the freedom to expand in a certain direction i always think of like how different um the walking dead the show is from from the the comic i mean and even in the first season they're separating the two worlds absolutely and i think like you know we definitely pulled some stuff from like some later books that you know might just like you know help with the mythology to explain because obviously you don't have exposition and you know what i mean to like say like oh this is so we pulled some stuff from you know like later books uh so we did have that freedom i mean they were you know and everybody sort of knew how much all the writers loved the books and the characters so even if we made a decision that was like kind of different from the books we were still going to honor it or explain it later on down the line um and that's i think that's the hopefully that's the important thing hopefully the fans will agree (laughs) can you tell me a little bit about um you know they're aspiring writers listening right now and I think they're all interested in the process of breaking story right. and then uh, moving on to outline and and uh, and the actual writing of it any sort of um, tips from that come from your writers room experiences overall that you think work um, yeah I think you know what, I mean when you're breaking and knowing I mean obviously when you're working on something like shadow hunters I mean we have these characters and these stories that we already know and kind of like benchmarks but I think one, you know, you said act breaks, like knowing these big moments that you want 
to happen to have happen. Um, I also think like, you know, um, thinking of like certain scenes, you're like, this scene has to be in this episode. Like we would always do that. Like scenes in no particular order. These are the scenes that we see. Now maybe the scene doesn't work when you start to like break it and put it up in, you know, act breaks and act structures. Um, but you know, like, oh, I have to see this scene. And then we kind of sometimes work backwards from there. Sometimes you have these moments that you just like, no have to happen, right? To get to the next episode. Like this is the end we have to get to the end, or this is the, you know, uh, act four break. I mean, shadow hunters is six acts, <laughs> which is a lot, you know I mean? Nowadays, like you're like, is it like a full six acts or is it like a button at the it's end? Like or a te- it's a teaser and, and, a then, like, and like, pretty yeah. much like, a, I mean, you know, technically it's an act, but it's yeah. a very, you know, the last two acts are very short. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it's hard now. I mean, I think studying for, for aspiring writers, I think studying scripts. I mean, there's so many places where you can get scripts now for me, that was important. Um, and then I'm trying to think of like in other, like other tips as far as like breaking story. I mean, cause every room is kind of different. I mean, the great thing about shadow hunters is run by Ed Dector, um, who was also my, the showrunner for client list. Um, and he very much um, empowers his staff to come in with like a lot of their beats to come in with what they think this episode could be to put it up on the board and the room works to like see if it works and sometimes sometimes you're like this episode didn't change at all and sometimes you're like all right I'll erase acts one through six um if you know and and it's but it's a very it's a great process when a showrunner does that because it really does it's your episode so it makes you care even more as opposed to someone just saying like this is what you're gonna write or this is the story you're gonna tell how long does it take you guys to break the story in that group setting? Is it a day? Is it a week? Is it um, like, is it an ongoing process that happens? I think, I mean, it's, it's probably, usually I think like, I mean, it'd probably be about a week. Um, sometimes, you know, if, especially if Ed was off doing like, you know, if he was in Toronto, which is where we filmed, if he was doing stuff, the room and our executive producers, they would help break, you know, we would all break it together and he'd come back and we'd pitch it to him. So sometimes it'd be great. And sometimes we'd have to rework stuff. Like, you know, if he was like, oh, this isn't what they want, or he'd gotten notes from the network or studio. So I'd say an, on average, like three, three days, if it was, you know, an easy episode to break to like a week and then, you know, the, obviously things shift when you get into outline and things shift when you get into script and then, you know. But you would con- uh, you guys would concentrate on one episode at a time? One or episode you, they, at a time, I mean, yeah. is there somebody that's sort of breaking the whole season and then you guys just no, are like going we would, into... We would, we would break the whole season together mm-hmm. and we would have like, I mean, we, would basically, we basically knew before we started breaking individual episodes what big moments were going to happen in episodes one through 13. And then by the, and then, and then obviously things would change based on like notes you'd gotten, but we still had these like big picture points, which I think helps you. You're not just like, Oh, what now? And, and it's very, it's very big on doing that and making sure not just for us as the writers, but for the studio or network to know like, Hey, look, this is where we're going. I have, I have a vision and it's always very clear, which is great. Like there's never, and he's, you know, very decisive, which is also a really great thing. And a showrunner, um, to just be like, here's, here's what we're doing. Cause then you're like, I will follow you. <laughs> now I happen to know, you know, we talked about in, in TV, you know, the, the outlining process is incredibly important because it becomes a template for everybody to follow. And it, it, most people do not enjoy outlining. <laughs> um, and when we're talking about outlining in TV, you're really talking about a real beat by beat kind of process. Absolutely, You're very good at that. Um, any tips for how to sort of hone in on what is the important thing to convey in a scene since you're conveying it to everybody else without writing the whole damn scene? I mean, I think it's really what is this, what is the character doing, right? Which seems so basic, like this character needs to do what and making sure it's motivated. Cause so many, I think a lot of new writers are like, well, they're, 
they're just, you know, they're going to talk about their feelings and like, they're going to like tell each other stuff. And you're like, no, but what are they doing and why? And like, sometimes when you go through, you know, I mean, you know, when you go through someone's script, they're like, oh, well, you read my script and you're like, wait, but these people are just talking. Like, you don't actually need this because they're not doing anything. So I think it's, I, for me, it's very important. And I, I hated outlining and I was like, I mean, that's why I think my earlier like feature scripts when I first started weren't good because I was like, oh, I'll just write it. And then you get to like page 30 and you're like, what is now this? What? <laughs> and we have a mutual friend who I'm, I'm, I'm like, you will outline by the time like, <laughs> uh, like I like forced her. I'm like, your, your process is good. Like your script, but it takes you so much longer. Um, and for me, you know, I, I break it out. I like, I board, I board it at my house. Like I have like a tiny board that I put cards on and so I can see how many scenes. Cause sometimes I think think you like you don't also realize like if you're just like writing like how many scenes do you have how many characters are in the scene and um we'll do when we break in the room we'll do colors by character when we write on the on the board you know so like this the a storyline is yeah is orange and the b storyline is green and then like you know if you're like why is my b storyline have like you know twice as many scenes as my A storyline. Is this my A story, you know, A storyline now? Um, so I think it's very, outlining is so important. Um, it will save you a lot of work in the long run because you'll end up rewriting, I think, if you don't outline. At least I have in, in the past and I try not to do it. And you're like translating it um, into some sort of visual thing too, it sounds like. It sounds like, so you can sort of trace the, the path right. of each one of the stories. Well, and you can almost tell too when you're, when you're structuring it, right? If you look at the board and you're like, and you know that acts five and six on Shadowhunters anyway are going to be shorter acts, if you have more acts, more scenes in those, then it's not weighted properly, you know? Because mm-hmm. then you're going to write it and you're going to be like, oh my God, like I've got to go to a commercial break here, but I have like eight, 12 scenes in this act. So it really does help you kind of figure out because it is a puzzle, you know, and I think like some people kind of don't realize that they're like, oh, it's just you throw it together and people are talking. And, you know, even if you look at shows that don't seem to have as much structure, like you said, togetherness or some of those, like they still have like, you know what I mean? Like a very clear structure and the, how, who gets more importance in what storyline. Right, right. And it's, it's uh, I think those are the shows that we love the most where you, you actually can't see the writing. Right, exactly. Um, okay, let's jump to your novel. So here you are, you're a successful TV writer and then you move to writing a novel. What was it that got you there? Well, I mean, I think it's funny because I, like, I found a bunch of old journals and I was like, Why not? I'm going to write a novel by the time I'm 25, um, which didn't happen. Um, but I was, you know, I, I, I've always loved novels. I've always thought that that was kind of where I would go. And I'd written some nonfiction, but I really just was like, um, client list had been canceled and I was taking meetings and I was just kind of frustrated with like not having gotten a job right away and sort of just wanting to write something for me. And you talked a little bit before we got a mic, a little bit about the gender politics that was going on too. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like, you know, I tend to write a lot of female driven content. Like I write, you know, all my scripts, you know, and I, I I'm not like, I don't think I'm like, you know, I have like my pilots, I have like a female thriller and I have like, you know, a, a cop drama, but there's a woman lead and I have like a soap opera. So I, I kind of write what I love and not necessarily like, you know, like I'm just this type of writer, but they all had female driven protagonists. And I sort of felt like, you know, I was kind of told once that my writing was a little narrow and I was like, how is that? And I was like, well, they're all women. And I think, you know, a little bit of client list was, you know, it was a very female driven show on a female driven network with sort of a soapy sort of, you know, um, sexy, uh, you know, uh, tone, to, tone it, yeah. to it. And so I think I wasn't being taken seriously enough as a writer and like, you know, 
I have great agents and reps and I was getting meetings and I was always writing new pilots and pitching new things, but I was just really frustrated. And I just like, I just wanted to go back to that pure place where I wasn't telling a story because I wanted to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to write a story that was like, and nobody was going to give me notes on it and nobody was going to tell me, well, maybe they could be a man and a woman. And and that was really the motivation for, and I, and I had this idea about this, this book that was um, about identical twins because I'm an identical twin. And it, it was really like when people say it was like, it was like a fever dream. I will say I wrote the first 90 pages in like a week. And then I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Can you tell everybody a little bit about the story of the novel? Sure. So it's, um, it's about identical twins, um, Lily and Abby Riser. Um, and, they, when they're 16 years old, Lily is kidnapped, um, or she just vanishes, and they don't know what happened to her. And the book basically starts um, eight years later when Lily returns home with her daughter. And it's the story of what happens to her, um, what has happened to her, um, who took her, and why. Um, but it really is also about, so it's, it's, they call it a thriller, but I was like, when they said that, I was like, really? Because <laughs> I wrote it from the viewpoint of like, it's this char- great character drama, because it really is about the relationships between the sisters and um, their mother. Um, and but the book it, But is, it goes beyond where room goes. It I goes, mean, it, yeah. It does I mean, go to a sort of a, a, a more story driven place. Absolutely. So it's, it, it's cause you know, room is the new, it's uh, the Emma Donoghue novel, um, about, you know, a woman who's held captive with her little boy and how, you know, and most of the novel is, takes place in this one room. And, um, and every time, like when I, people would read the first chapter of my book, which basically, basically starts like, you know, when they escape this room, um, or cabin where they're held, um, everybody kept saying like, you have heard of room, right? And I was like, no, 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 I know not the same thing, which I think is also an interesting thing with women and how we sort of get pegged because there can be a million male written novels written by men or movies written by men about similar stuff. Like it's another world war two story. And they're not like, Oh, it's like Schindler's list. But I think women sort of like <laughs> women sort of like get like a boxed in, like you can only have one story about this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, how many Stephen King novels take place in one room? You have like, you have misery takes place in the one house. You have Gerald's game, which is just like a guy is like strapped to the bed. It's like right. the, the whole, the right. whole is, and, but nobody's like, Oh, are you doing another one? It's like take place in one place. You <laughs> right. know? Come on. It's, it's very true. So I, I felt like, so I felt like, you know, I just, I really want, and I really wanted to explore, like, you know, I think like I was getting married at the time uh, that I was writing the book and my sister and I are like, you know, incredibly close. Some might say too close, but twins like have this like crazy close relationship. And, you know, I kept thinking about the Ariel Castro case, about those girls that were kidnapped and held. And I just thought like how different our lives would have been if we were held, if one of us had, had gone missing, like you just would have always felt like a part of you was, was missing. Um, and I, I just really wanted to explore that. So it was great too, because like, you know, um, my screenwriting experience, I think really helped because every time people read the book, they said, I just can really see it. That's great. (laughs) And I can just like, I just like, you know, like people will say, I read it in one sitting, which I'm like, is super flattering, but also like, do you know how long it took to write? Like (laughs) one sitting, like, and just make it stretch it out a little longer. Um, but it, but it was like, I think the screenwriting, uh, all my screenwriting experience really helped. And, um, I work with a great, um, writing coach. He's, um, he's a, he's a teacher, uh, and he's published three books. And when I taken, I I took a class because I was like, how do you write a book? Like I've got 90 pages. I don't know what to do with this. And he had been reading it and he said, you've got to remember like the end of a chapter. There's got to be a reason people want to turn the page. Mm. And I said, 
oh, like an act out. Like an act out, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure some novelists will crit, you know, like some of the, you know, literary, like, you know what I mean, might cringe at that. But for me, it was, I was like, oh, okay, so this is, you're still, you're still painting the picture, it's just in a different way. And then it's a skill set that you also have to learn to not do because, he would also say, Hey, you know, um, <laughs> like I, I can't, I don't know what is devastated because like as an actor, as you know, you read a script, an actor is going to show you devastated, but as a, as a novelist, you have to show the reader what devastated looks like. So you like. have to get inside of, and, and sort of explain things in a way that you've been conditioned not to right, exactly. in features, right? <laughs> devastated is supposed to represent, but now you have to go into sort of the intricacies right, of, and like, of what her does personal she look like? devastation. Right, and like, what is the, what is the expression on her face and her body and like, like all of those textures that I think you don't have to do in screenwriting because a great actress or an actor is going to bring that. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a great skill. And like, you know, it was, I, I like to say it felt easy writing the book, but I'm sure it wasn't as easy as it felt. I mean, can you, um, can you switch gears sort of like, like from screenplay to, to prose? I mean, the, the idea is that, you know, that you're switching in from a, a subjective to like a sort of an objective, like, okay, screenplay is like, you only write what you see. Right. And, I mean, is that something you could do within a single day? Do you have to switch I, gears? I is it some right trick now. that you have? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now you're, you're actually adapting I am. your own features. So what's so, the trick? What's yeah. the trick to, to I mean, go back and forth? I don't know. I mean, I think right now the trick is just there's deadlines because so, I'm writing a new novel that's due in October. And, um, and so it really is just being motivated. I mean, sometimes it is a little tricky, you know, because you're like, you're like, you're in this character, you're hearing their voice. But I just feel like too, once you understand like, especially the new novel I'm writing, I really love these characters. It's, it's set in Texas and it's got, it's like, it's like a lot about my family and like that are inspiring it. So I feel like when I sit down to write that, it's almost like I'm, I'm going back to people that I know. And then I feel like screenwriting because I've been doing it for a while now, it is sort of like that muscle that you're like, Oh, okay. I know how to do this. Um, I do sometimes just miss having one thing to work, you know what I mean? Just to be able to, you know, like sometimes, and lately I've found myself doing more of the like one week I devote more to this and because I'm a binge, I call it a binge writer. (laughs) Yep. So I'm not one of those writers that can sit down and, and like, you know, be like for like, I'm like, oh, just get 30 minutes in. Like I need five hours, you know, to really feel like I've accomplished something. So lately I've sort of been switching, like I've been working on my outline for my movie and, and I'll do that for a week and then I'll go back and I'll, and I did, um, National Novel Writing Month was last was November, so I, I did that for like, and I just worked on on my other book. So it's not easy. I mean, I, I, I like anyone who thinks like, oh, it's like it sounds like it's still just as like a painful process sometimes, and you're just like, what? Like, I, you know, there's that. What's that quote? Like, like being a writer is like having homework for the rest of your life. I mean, there's nothing truer than that. Like sometimes I do envy people who just like come home at the end of a day and are like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's but but you have a, a really really interesting job you know you know it's and honestly I like I, I sometimes joke that it's like it's not a career it's a compulsion because I like I literally <laughs> like if I don't write like I feel so like anxious like mm. I, I went on a vacation with my husband like our first vacation in like like five years this 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 October and I was like I'm not going to do any writing for 12 days and that was a lot and then I got back and I was like I have like, to I was like <laughs> sure I needed my fix but sometimes you have to like recharge and reboot so I I will say it wasn't easy because when I was on Shadow Hunters, I was also doing book edits, and book mm. edits are not what screenwriting edits are. It's like three hundred pages of like, wait, what is this? And moving, and so that was definitely tested the brain. <laughs> um, what challenges are you finding in adapting your own book now into feature? Because you had to sort of go inside the brains right. of the characters, but now you have to go back to 
uh, devastation is just devastation. Yeah, exactly. So, um, exactly. so, so what's going on with, with that? Um, I mean, I think like, well, one, you know, it's been a while since I've written a feature. So it's like learning the structure and how it's different from television. Um, but I also think in adapting it, you know, there's so many plot points and there's so many story points and so many things that you love that play out in a book that you wrote. And you're like, oh, I just love this moment. And then you're like, but that moment doesn't really work. And even the narrative structure, just trying to figure out like, well, there's so much that can happen and you can explain why it happened with using exposition and letting the reader know. But if it's playing on screen, that might not work. Like it might be false because, you know, like you don't have time for slow burns and features. You know what I mean? Especially I think the book is very plot driven. And so the feature has to be very plot driven as well. So it's definitely just been a challenge of like of doing that and making sure and making sure, you know, like especially when a lot of people have, you know, read the book and, you know, friends of mine who give me notes and and they're like, oh, you know, but you're missing this and you have to have this. And you're like, oh, it's going to be like a four hour movie. <laughs> right, right. So, so, so it's like- killing your darlings. And I guess that's like, I, I actually didn't anticipate it being as challenging as it was because I thought like in a great way, you know, you're, you're, but I, I figured like, oh, you know, the story, it's not like you're, you're ta- creating these characters from thin air. You have this blueprint, um, but it is a different medium. So it's, it's definitely, and you know, some of it's really fun because, you know, now I'm like, oh, you're going to get to see their relationship and they don't need words in this scene and they don't, you don't need a lot, you know, and you, and you don't even need, and then cutting characters. I mean, there was like a whole subplot that I cut and, um, the book is told from the perspective of four different characters. So you're in the heads of these characters. So it's, I think it's also been about streamlining some of the narrative. And also you have to figure out, you know, Gone Girl, right, had two perspectives, but right. it really changed the story. Right. And sometimes you're writing from different perspectives of characters in a novel just to have sort of a, a unique conceit for Absolutely. telling one story. Right. So then if it's feature, then you have to think, well, I'm telling one story. Yeah. Do I really have to switch back and forth with point of view? Is that even helping? Right. Or would would going to one point of view now actually make the story pop well and, that, and that's true and you know and I, I went back and forth because you know like the the things that you're told never to do in features right or rarely especially when you're more when you become a more established writer is flashbacks and voiceover and so the whole time I was like you know breaking this I was like well do and I ended up you know there are flashbacks in it there's not a lot of flashbacks but I think they were I think they're important to the story and sometimes you just have to then throw out the rules that you hear like you can't do this because you'll hear that all the time like you can't use flashbacks you can't can, lose voiceover can we can we, can we let, let's uh let's it, we're going to 2016 here <laughs> let's be very honest in 2016 voiceover and flashback can happen yes. often happen they just happen have to happen well right just don't do it crappy all right uh, figure out a way of making it yours exactly. Like, yeah. right it's exactly like a voiceover should tell things that you absolutely positively cannot see otherwise you throw right. it out right. you don't overwrite it you keep it in the same tense you stagger it throughout okay great there's voiceover flashback right again same thing give us a flash of yeah. moments that add up to a story reveal. Otherwise, Absolutely. why is it there? Yeah. But it can be so interesting to flash into what is that one thing that we absolutely positively cannot figure out in this scene boom you're giving us a tiny answer and then a little bit more and a little bit more absolutely fine flashbacks (laughs) i agree i agree go for it just do it right um and understanding okay we have these rules uh not to do something but the the only way you break the rules is to understand right right why you you don't make yeah exactly i should probably give a little plug i was just um on um Let's see, another podcast. I cheated on my podcast with another podcast. (laughs) Um, It's the ISA podcast, which is the International Screenwriting Association podcast. It will be up 
either maybe this week or the next. And it is all, it is me (laughs) talking about breaking the rules. Ah. And, and we talk about why are they there? How can you break them creatively and how can breaking them also break bad? So be careful. So, uh, so, so check that out. Uh, since we, we got onto that. Um, I want to make sure that people can find out all about you, Holly Overton. So where should they go to uh, find out more? They can go to my website, which is www.hollyoverton, H-O-L-L-I-E-O-V-E-R-T-O-N.com. And uh, yeah, there'll be news about Shadowhunters and hopefully news about the book. The book, the book, the book. <laughs> and they can buy the book. They can, uh, they can buy the book. They can pre-order it. It's, uh, I don't know about here, but in the UK, it's already available for pre-order which is kind of crazy um so yeah and then hopefully you know now you just kind of you're like it's just so exciting like you're selling it and you're selling it and then you have like all of this time to wait so that's awesome it's very exciting oh and tune into shadow hunters <laughs> yeah yeah you're gonna be watching it right yeah, well, you're you, a said, fan uh, of you said january 16th january 12th 12th sorry. january 12th <laughs> there's so much to watch i don't think i'm leaving the house in january no, other than to no. teach it's, because it's, i have so much tv i have to watch you gotta catch up it's, it's so, so much, much that's happening it's, in january <laughs> it's crazy Right, it's a big month. I, it's, big. I think it's going to be a big year, honestly. I think so too. Ooh, yeah. 2016. Well, Holly, thank you so much for being on. Thank the show. you so much for having me, Neil. Is there any place that people can follow you? Uh, how about Twitter um, at Antibidos and T H I B is in boy, E D is in dog, E A U. That's nice. I like the way you say that. <laughs> it's practice because no one spells my name right. <laughs> I'm with you. I, yeah. I agree. I understand. Yeah. yeah. And uh, everybody, um, I take my name completely out of it. That's why we have on the page. It was a lot easier That's than so Pilar smart. Alexander. I just need to find a yeah, find some sort of summary of what my personality is. <laughs> so go to onthepage.tv. Um, you'll find information about the live classes and recorded classes. People have been asking, where can I find it? You just go to online on my onthepage.tv site. And that's where you'll find all the recorded classes. Um, If you are in LA and you would like to take uh, the first draft class, it is a six-week class that helps you break story, get into outlining, get into your scene work, and actually be deep in pages by the end of the six weeks. It's an amazing class. And Neil took it. That's right. (laughs) And you did really well. You were like cooking. In well, I'm, I'm, I'm like three drafts into that script now, so I'm, yes. it just keeps getting better. But each yeah. time it's like, yeah, it's focused a little bit. Awesome. Right. Finish that up, start a new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks again. Uh, thank you to Holly. Thank you to Neil. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And have a good writing week. 